at home when I come here. But I'm going to ask you to stand because I'm going to go ahead and release a prophetic word for all of us right now. And it's going to take a prophetic activation. So if you come here with hesitation, you're actually in the wrong place. <laughs> Seriously. Because you have come because you want something. And in order to get something, that means you're going to have to do something. So tonight we're going to do some things. I hear you cheering. I hear, I mean, I, I, yeah. I can just hear the silent cheering inside of you, right? Okay, so I, I had a word the 1st of July, and I felt like this is for you guys too. And then my house prophet also had a word that went with it. So does everybody know what a mason jar is? I'm looking at you guys to make sure. Okay, so here's the word. The Lord showed me that the lid is coming off the mason jars. You know how that their pressure sealed. And when the lid comes off the mason jar, it makes a pop. And what the Lord was showing me that it's time to take all the things that you've been waiting on, that have been on the shelf, that have been canned in those mason jars, to take them off the shelf, to dust them off, and to pop the lid. Because the latter part of 2023 is going to be an accelerated season for us. And that what is inside the mason jars, what you've been declaring, what you've been praying for, even the things that you no longer pray for. Like Zachariah said to Elizabeth, what I no longer pray for has occurred. So what you've no longer prayed for is activated in those mason jars. But the only way it's going to come out is if you pop the lid and pour it out. So I want to see you pop the lid off your mason jars. Let's hear it. There we go. Here's our new actor of the house. But pop the lid off the mason jars because as the air is released, there's a thrust of momentum coming out as the contents follow. So know that in the last part of this year, the momentum is coming with your release of the promises you have been waiting for. And we just sang a song about that. God says the time is now that normally it's slower moving into the fall, but he says, take your foot off the brake. It's time to accelerate. So I want you to own the word that is released, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. My house prophet came up and shared a word that goes with this, and, it's, and he said that I'm bringing heaven to earth in this hour. I'm bringing change. So know that what seems like a demonic distraction because you've popped your mason lids, something is occurring quickly in your life, Sometimes we don't recognize it. We think it's the demonic trying to distract us from what we're doing. But God said, no, this is a divine intervention, not a demonic distraction. So when you start moving in what you're crying out for, don't call it the demonic distracting you from what you were doing because you're going to have to quit what you were doing in order to move into what you're supposed to be doing. So remember that you've asked for it. And God is saying, you got it. But the problem is, it's not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. So know that 
You've got to understand the season that you're in. Proverbs says that you have to know the season that you're in so you don't confuse the, the divine intervention with demonic distraction. Because you know that when you call God's move demonic, then it automatically stops. Because you've misread, you've misjudged the time. So if you want what you've been crying out for, then yield to the way that God wants to give it to you. Amen? Amen. Let's see. I think there was one more little part of it, too. Oh, and uh, the other part that uh, my brother Gene Kate shared, he said, and we heard this today about the, um, the bugle sounding, the revel call, right? And it's the awakening, the awakening, the awakening of God's people, which Pastor Jen just said. There's an awakening of the people, but the awakening of the people is going to require a response to the awakening. Say, I will respond. Okay? So just receive that word. You can have a seat and know that your mason jars are off the shelf. And they're popping open with promise, with purpose, and with destiny. Amen? So this is what I love about God. He gives you a bunch of stuff that you're going to share, and then he starts rearranging what he wants to share in the order and adding to right during worship. So that's what I love about God. He's like, how flexible are you? Pretty flexible, kind of, kind of. So let's just pray what God's going to do. Father, we just thank you for that word, and we thank you that our mason jars, we have pulled them off the shelf. We have taken off the lids. We have stepped into this divine intervention that you're providing for us, and we are moving forward without looking back. We're not going to become Lot's wife and become a pillar of salt. We're going to become a forward movement of you for the kingdom of God in Jesus name. Amen. So I assume that you're here because you want more. I assume you're not here because you don't have anything to do tonight. Well, let me just tell you, if you want more, it will cost you. So I'm a tennis player. I play competitive tennis and, um, we just won the city championship last season. Yes, and so, but what happens is they bump you up to the next level. So, you know, we've been playing at the same level for a couple of seasons. We won the city championship. So all of a sudden, we are cranked up to another level. And we have played this past weekend, we played two uh, former college players, 27 years old. It's a different level. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> they were actually ranked improperly. So they were ranked down. And, you know, anyhow. So it, we, we did okay. We lost. Let me just assure you, we lost. But what we understand that if we're going to play at a different level, we have to train at a different level. We can't say we want more and stay where we are. We can't say, God, I'm hungering for more. I'm hungering for more, but I am not willing to do anything. We have a tennis coach that works, works with us. And so he's like, if you're going to play at that level, you've got to learn to hit the ball a lot harder. So we practice hitting the ball. Anybody play competitive sports, have played competitive sports? We practice hitting the ball. We'll hit it 5% harder. Then we hit it 10% harder. Then we hit it 20% harder. And so he's working with us to 
up our game in order to be able to compete at that level. God is calling us to up our game in order to compete at the level that is in front of us right now. We can't stay the same as we were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. We can't even stay the same as we were last week. We've got to be willing to work on our game in order to have the more of God. And I know that uh, Pastor Jay talked a lot about that, that how much are you marinating, how much are you meditating, and how much are you responding to what God's calling you to do. Uh, I do a two-day intensive twice a year. It's two days, and it's intense. I mean, it's intense. That's why I call it intensive. People come for two days because they want more. They want to walk away with a blueprint for the coming 12 to 18 months. So they spend uh, 16 hours basically going through a process of not only hearing from God, but being able to take what they've heard and put it into a plan. You've got to be willing to take what you hear and put it into a plan. So if I said that your mason jars are coming off the shelf, that what you've been praying for is being poured out, do you know what you're carrying? Do you know what you're pouring out? It's not rhetorical. I want some hands raised. I want to know, do you know? Nobody knows. That's good. Okay, I got three people. Because if you don't know what you're pouring out, then you're going to miss what God is doing. So do you know what you've been declaring? Do you know what you've been praying for? Do you know what you've been asking for? Are you willing to allow God to pour it out in a way that is completely out of your box, completely unfamiliar to you? Good, because he's going to. I heard this saying, and I'm just going to share it with you. So complaining is to the devil what praise is to God. So when we complain, Pastor Jay talked about it. When we complain, we are feeding the devil. He's like, that is my praise. Your complaints are my praise. Your, your complaints are the things that just make me so excited because I've got you coming into agreement with me. I've got you like all discouraged and disappointed. I've got you feeling hopeless and that nothing's going to occur. I've got you angry. I've got you all those different things because complaining brings alignment with the enemy where praise brings alignment with God. So we really have to understand what are we saying? What are we expecting? What are we looking for? What is my season? I know Jay said don't say that anymore, but he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. But there is some truth to that. There is some truth. He's funny because being a pastor and hearing another pastor talk about, well, I'm only here for a season. I'm like, it's okay. You can go ahead and go. I feel like the season's over. It's over for me, you know, it, because you've got to have people. I was telling Pastor Jim when I was coming, I said, your people are ready and running with God. You don't have to worry about, you know, Pastor Jay was saying, well, you know, there's spectators. They don't, Jen and Clay, they don't have to worry about spectators because they've cultivated a hungry group of people that are willing to lay down and sacrifice and do whatever God has. 
And if you're with them, just say, amen, that's me. And I've seen it in the men who work in this house. And I go to a lot of places, and there's a lot of places that are void of the men. But in this house, I see the men holding the front line. And I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. And what happens is when they step up and hold the front line, it's almost like a barrier, a wall is put up that protects the rest of the house. And uh, don't tell me that it's, everybody's the same and they all carry the same. It's not true. We all carry something different. And God called men to stand up and hold the line. I want my man to say, yes, that's me. It's true. It's true. But this house operates with men. Every time I get up, they're like, where are you going? What do you need? Can I escort you? I said, I'm just going to the bathroom. (laughs) But they make sure I get there safely and I get back safely. (laughs) But, you know, I know that sounds trivial, but you don't know how important that is. Because we know that the enemy comes to devour. And when you've got the watchman on the wall, then the enemy doesn't stand a chance to devour the, the people that are here. So that's, that's definitely a good thing, definitely a good thing. So today I'm going to do, or tonight I'm going to do an impartation service. Does everybody know what impartation is? It's where what I have I'm going to release to you. And we're specifically going to do some leveling up. Uh, Jen mentioned that earlier about you may be operating at a gift, but it's time to level up. So we're going to do some leveling up of giftings. I've got a, a, quite a few prophetic words I want to release over people. But the leveling up requires, does anybody know what Orange Theory is? Yeah. Uh, uh, boot camp? Yeah. Do y'all exercise in Milwaukee? I'm just, I'm just trying <laughs> I'm trying to find some common ground here. <laughs> okay, I know you watch football. Okay, yeah, so, no. But it's where you're committed to a process of legs and then arms and then presses and then this and then that. Committing to a process to agree with the impartation you receive to level up. You can receive an impartation and it can fall to the ground because you didn't Take the gift, take the price tags off, and try it on. So I can impart, and I can prophesy, and I can spin around and dance all day long. But if you're not in agreement with what's being released, then it will be like Teflon. It will slide right off of you. And I know that uh, that's a hard word, but it is true. People don't understand that they have to own what God is giving them. And if you don't own what God is giving you, then you will never progress. You will never prosper. You will never see the kingdom in the fullness that God has for you because you've said, thank you so much for imparting that to me, but I'm good. And you may not verbally say that, but you emotionally say it. Because if you're going to get a greater level of prophecy, that means you're going to have to open up your mouth and prophesy. And that means you're going to make a mistake. 
And that means you're going to have to be willing to be corrected when you make that mistake so you can grow in the prophecy, in the anointing that God has given you. And mistakes shouldn't cause you to withdraw, and correction should not cause you to be offended. If it does, then there's another issue going on, and they can take care of that. As, as uh, Jay says, I'm leaving tomorrow. So. But it is true. If we cannot grow together and make a mistake and not be offended, if I gave you a word that your hair is going to turn blue today and it doesn't, and you say, you know, Pastor Cindy, that word was not correct, then I humble myself. I am so sorry. You know, I was in error there. I thought I understood what I was hearing, but I didn't. So I received that correction, and I'm going to test it better next time. Everybody wants to be corrected, right? Mm -hmm. That's probably, as, as someone who travels around, as someone who has pastored a church for a while, that's probably the hardest thing. I always say uh, we had someone recently that wanted to be, uh, we, we don't have membership. We have what we call covenant. You know, we're all part of God's family. So wherever we go, we're part of the family. But in our church, we covenant with one another, and there's a certain, you know, thing that we agree with in the word, and we agree with each other. And one of the things is, is when we have a problem, we work it out. We don't withdraw. And that's, that's a hard thing for people because when we have a problem, sometimes it's easier to pull back than to press in. So I had somebody recently who wanted to become part of our covenant, part of our church, and they've been coming not very long. And our board met. We always pray over everybody, our church members, who wants to be a part, who's coming in. And we just felt like we just didn't know them well enough. And they didn't know us. And so I had that conversation with them. And I, I told our board, I said, I'm going to tell you now, when I have that conversation, they'll either be grateful and stay or they'll leave. Well, guess what happened? They left. Because if you don't trust the head, the board, to be able to say, we prayed into it and we feel like we need to get to know you a little bit, then you weren't meant to be part of our body anyhow. If you don't trust your head, your pastoral uh, board, to be able to say, this is what we heard, and we believe that this part was correct, but we feel like this might be a miss, then you're not submitted to the house that God has called you to. And that's hard. People want to just be right. I want to be right. I want to be right all the time. Ask my husband. <laughs> Jen said he's, she's going to have him come up. I'm sure I'm right. I'm positive I'm right. Unless I'm not. Then I'm like, that's what I always say. I know it's good. I know. I think. I think that's right. Unless it's not, and then we'll all know, right? So, uh, so we're going to talk about prophecy for just a few minutes. We're going to talk about impartation. Impartation. Romans 1:11 says, Paul says, "I long to come with you and impart the spiritual gifts to you." So we're going to do some impartation of spiritual gifts. And there's some of you that have gifts that are. You know that you have them, but you keep them a little hidden because it's going to cause you to have to step up front. 
And if you have to step up front, that means that there's a whole bunch of people trying to figure out, what's she doing? What's he doing? He usually sits in the back row. God's saying, move on up. I think that's a word for Jeff back there. I think, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm going to uh, hold that for you, but don't leave. Don't run. So, but, but sometimes God is promoting you in order to, you know that if no one ever steps up, then they can't step out. You know, if everyone holds back and says, oh, well, you know, Jen and Clayton will do it. Oh, well, you know, this one, Pastor Nick will do it. If everyone steps back and says, oh, they'll take care of it, then they can never step up into a fullness that God has for them because you're holding back. You are actually holding them back. You're saying, well, you know, I don't really know if I'm really that good at it. They're great at it, so we're just going to let them do it. So what it does is it, it's like putting weights on their arms. They can't move forward. You've got chains on their legs. They can't actually move forward because you have chained them to your not stepping into your gifting. It's true. You know, she wouldn't be able to do Pakistan had y'all not opened up those reins of freedom. But just like the word I gave to uh, Pastor uh, Jay and Tammy, I feel like there's other leaders, other heads that need to rise up in the church in order for the expansion for passion to occur. They're really jumping up and down. Did you see all them? They stood up there like, woohoo, that's me, that's me, pick me. It's scary to think about, isn't it? It's scary to think about, if I don't step in, then they can't step out. But if I step in, then how am I going to know that I'm doing the right thing? And the only way to do that is stepping. 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 you got to step. So um, here's a couple things we're going to talk about, right? We've got to, does everybody want to prophesy? If you don't, raise your hand. Boy, that puts you right on the spot, doesn't it? Everybody's like, oh, I see. Okay, I've got two back there. Then you guys will be my first. Because you know what the word says? Everyone can prophesy. So when we don't want to prophesy, it doesn't mean that you need the impartation of the gift. What it means that you need to have the ability to hear what God is saying because at a moment's notice, you may have to release it. You may not stand up here and prophesy, but everyone can prophesy. There's three levels. Everyone can prophesy. That's what the word says. Acts 2, it talks about I'm going to pour out my spirit. My sons and daughters are going to prophesy. We're all going to prophesy. It's not like uh, everyone under 21 is going to prophesy. Everyone over 45 is going to prophesy. It says all. All my sons and daughters are going to prophesy. So we all have the ability to prophesy. And what is prophecy? Prophecy is edifying. It's building people up. That's what prophecy is. It is comforting. It, prophecy is to uh, encourage. It's edifying encouragement and comfort. We can all do that. We can all also look at people and discourage, disappoint, 
because we see something in them that needs to be fixed and we think prophecy is telling them what it is in order for them to get it fixed. But prophecy is actually the opposite. Prophecy is actually looking at them and being able to see them the way God sees them and releasing the plans that God has for them in order for them to step out of what needs to be fixed and step into what he has. That's what prophecy is. Now, that you may be called to help people through those and you can see what's going on in their life, but that's a private conversation. That's not a, a public dissertation. We never call out what's going on in someone's life. We always call out what God has planned for them. That's what prophecy is. For a while there, we thought Old Testament prophets, prophets had come alive, and it was time to call it, the fire down on everybody. And uh, that was not a good season. It did not look well on the body of Christ because it just really discouraged. So... Prophecy is being able to see beyond where they are to take them where God has for them. That's what prophecy is. You know, I can sometimes, I remember when I first started prophesying, the first thing, one of the first things God, he showed me two men in my church that were going to die. I'm like, I don't really want that information. I don't need it. I don't, I have no interest in it. And I went to my pastor and I said, I don't know. He said, well, that is prophetic intercession that God has given you in order for you to pray for the directive that God shows you. So though I knew it and they both did die, I didn't run to their family and say, yep, looks like your hubby's going to go. God showed me. You know, you might as well make your peace with him. No. I spent time interceding. I spent time praying. No, sometimes when we get prophetic word, it doesn't always come out of our mouth. Sometimes it needs to be nurtured and prayed through. Sometimes it has to be, it has to grow. It has to mature within us before it comes out of us. And part of that is just learning to write down what God is saying to you and ask him, what do you want me to do with it? Because as Pastor Jay taught us, we can hear his voice. We heard enough to know that he's going to do something so we can hear enough to know what does he want us to do about it. That's funny. God is funny. You know, prophecy fills the air with hope. It fills the air with possibility. When someone gets a prophetic word, it should stir up the hearts in the other that God is going to do something great for them which means God's going to do something great for me. He does it for everyone. So everyone can prophesy. We know that. I just said that. Some people carry the gift of prophecy. Now, it doesn't mean that they're a gifted person. It means that God has given them a gift to use for the body of Christ. It's not for self-exaltation. Uh, it's not for... You know, putting yourself on the movie screen and say, I can prophesy. It's not for any of that. It's to build up the body and to help the body move forward into where God has, God has for them. So we have the gift of prophecy. Then we have, which is in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. I'm not going to read through that whole thing. But then we also have the office of a prophet. 
The difference between the gift of a prophet and an office of a prophet. Office of a prophet is found in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. It says that he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be teachers, some to be pastors, and some to be evangelists to build up the body to maturity. The office is a lifetime call. People carry the office of a prophet or apostle for their whole life. The gifting is something that they use in order to build up the body. Not everybody who has the gift of prophecy has the office of the prophecy. The office of a prophecy is usually called to a much bigger arena. So you have to understand when you're prophesying, what is your, what's your sphere of influence? What's your, is it your neighborhood? Is it your family? Is it your church? Is it your region? You know that there are prophetic people that are over regions. There are prophetic people over our nation where they began prophesying over our nation and you'll see things unfold because they are prophesying over our nation. It also helps the body of Christ know where to look. The prophet calls out, this is the move of God. This is what is happening. This is of what's going to come. It helps us know where to look. You know, it's interesting because they've done some studies. Uh, there were many prophecies about the uh, pandemic, but we just didn't put all the pieces together. Uh, Chuck Pierce gave a prophecy the fall before it hit that there was one coming. There were several people who did, but sometimes we get the pieces of it, but we just don't have the whole puzzle put together. Uh, there were many prophecies about 9-11. They just couldn't quite get all the pieces together. Now they have these national prophetic databases where they take people with strong prophetic giftings, uh, seasoned, proven prophetic giftings, and they put it all in a database, and they, it helps them pull the puzzle together. So it's really interesting to see, you know, people say, well, you know, there's good things about computers, there's bad things. There's good things about the internet, there's bad things. There's good things about AI, artificial intelligence, there's bad things. But God can use those things to strengthen our ability to be unified in putting the pieces together. So it's really interesting to see how all this is going. Uh, but prophets must learn, if you're going to prophesy, you need to be part of a body. You guys are all sitting here, so I'm just going to assume you all are part of a body. But if you're going to prophesy, you need to be part of a body because it's the body that tests. It's the body that you're speaking to. It's the body that actually helps bring the word forward because when you get a prophetic word, what are you going to do? You're going to write it down. You're going to pray through it. You're going to declare it. You're, gonna, you're going to steward and nurture that prophetic word. Because when you steward and nurture it, then you realize when it comes to pass. I keep a list of all my prophetic words. I have an electronic journal. I keep them all there. I read over them. I pray over them. Uh, I don't do it every day, but I go through them, and I'll be like, okay, God. I write down which ones have come to pass. I write down which ones that he needs to work on a little bit more. I'm like, God, 
this one, I, it's not here yet. I need some help on this. I need for you to work on that. But it takes that tenacity to go after God and say, God, this is a word, and this has been spoken over my life, and this has been spoken over my family, and this has been spoken over my church, and I am calling forth the activation. You know, it says that the angels go to perform his word. You know, we need to agree with all of the spiritual realm that's coming around us the heavenly part of it, to bring the prophetic to pass. We need to agree with it. How many of you have prophetic words? No, like, uh, like you're, 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 you're stewarding a prophetic word right now. Not as many I thought. I would have thought more of you had some. Or are you just holding back your hands? Okay, I'll ask it again. How many of you have prophetic words that you are stewarding, that you're praying over, that you're declaring, that you know that God's going to activate for you? Okay, about half. I thought there would be more than that. You know, sometimes you don't even realize that you have prophetic words when you have them. Yeah, sometimes you don't even realize that that, that was a prophetic word for you. So I want to look at one scripture uh, real quick, and then we're going to do some prophesying. I'm going to prophesy over you guys. I'm going to do some imparting over you. But I want to look at Ezekiel 37, and that's what the Lord started talking about. I read it earlier today just, you know, out of just reading it. But the Lord started talking to me about Ezekiel 37 during worship and how the dry bones are coming to life. And you know this story, but I do want to read some of it. Um, because I want to point out some things that God wants to do with you. And he may be doing it with you now. Just like Pastor Jen said, she was in like a little mini nap and God gives her a prophetic dream slash vision. Then suddenly the scripture comes forward. And this was all within a couple of hours. The scripture comes forward and then the song comes forward. You know, there was a, a supernatural impartation that happened in that moment tonight. And we want to make sure that we catch that. So uh, Ezekiel 37, verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. So when the hand of the Lord comes on you, it comes in different ways. Like sometimes do you ever feel like just a warmth over you? Or you feel like kind of this knowing inside of you that something's going on, but you're not really even sure what it is? Or you may feel like, like uh, today when he was talking about the wind blowing in here, Jay was talking about that, I could feel the wind on my face. And I was like, yes, the wind is blowing on my face. You know, sometimes it's just in these strange little nudges. And usually you have about three seconds to acknowledge, God, I think that's you. And think about that. One, two, three. We have about three seconds to say, I can feel you. I sent you. I know you. I'm engaging with you. I'm saying yes to whatever you're doing. That is not a long time. It's not like God lingers forever trying to get your attention. He's like, my sheep know my voice. I'm speaking to you either by sensing, by a picture, by a, a knowing, by you feel like you've kind of heard something or scripture just pops in and he's saying grab a hold of it 
because if you'll grab a hold of it, then I'll take you to the next place that I want to take you in what he's doing. So it's just a momentary flash that you have in or you, that you have time to step into what he's doing. And then once you step in, he releases the rest of it. You're like, I'd like a little bit more time than that. Wouldn't we? We'd like a little bit more time than that. So the spirit is on him. So know that the spirit of the Lord comes on you in different ways. How many feel like you can kind of hear God talking to you? Okay. How many get a sensation like your hands tingle or you feel a little warmth or you might have a smell that comes by? Okay. How many see? They'll, they'll kind of get a picture of something in their mind's eyes, not necessarily in front of them, but just in their mind's eye. Yeah, so God just speaks to us in all different kinds of ways. It's really interesting. And once we learn how he speaks to us, then we're much quicker to turn and be like, oh, yeah, that was God. That was definitely the Lord. So in the spirit, know that in the spirit, God's talking to you. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. These are the bones. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. When God asks you a question, he already knows the answer. He's not asking to check your intelligence, check your, check your spiritual knowledge. He doesn't want to know your theology. He knows the answer. He, he's wanting you to look at him and, and line up with what he's about to tell you. He knows. He said, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. So has God told you something to say? And you've hesitated saying it? I know I have. Oh, yeah. But he's saying, when you hear my voice and I'm giving you something to say, I want you to repeat what I'm saying. And he may not give you word to word. What he does is he gives you a deposit and then the words come as you put the deposit in. Does that sound like fun and energetic kind of stuff y'all want to do? Okay, I'm going to stand up here. Lord, I have the word banana. Work with me on that. Because <laughs> sometimes he does weird stuff like that. He'll just give you one thing, and then all of a sudden somebody's like, I had this dream about the banana, and, and God was showing me. And you're like, yeah, I didn't get any of that. I mean, but you know what? What it does, he's looking for you to release something that will resonate in the person he's asking you to speak to. You may not know anything about it, but as soon as you say the phrase or the word or the color, all of a sudden their spirit is jumping up and down going, that is for me. So he's not looking for you to understand. He's looking for you to activate in someone who needs a deposit. And they will know that that deposit is for them because God's already prepared them to hear what you're going to say. Okay? So the Lord had prepared Ezekiel to hear what he had to say and to release it over the dry bones. And he released it over the dry bones so that there could be a rising up of an army for Israel. And I think it's in verse 14, let's, uh, or verse 13. It says, 
Ezekiel 37, 13, it says, Then you shall know that I am the Lord, and when I've opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from the graves, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. I will place you in your own land, then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, said the Lord. So when the Lord speaks through you, he is speaking because he intends to perform what he has just released out of you. He's not giving you something to just give them that warm and fuzzy glow. He's giving you something to transform where they are to where he wants to take them. And it's so interesting because when you think about prophetic, there's foretelling, F-O-R-E-T-E-L-L-I-N-G, foretelling, which that's where you tell the future. This is what's going to happen. Samuel came to Saul and said, this is what's going to happen. We're gonna, I'm going to anoint you king, and you're going to be the king. Then there's forthtelling, F-O-R-T-H, and that's when you release a word that is going to cause the future to occur. So Ezekiel released the word that caused the future to occur, that caused an army to arise to protect Israel. So think about the, the weightiness that God is giving you in being able to prophesy. To have the ability not only to prophesy the future, to say this is what God's going to do and I am giving it to you because he's given me this word to deposit to agree with what he's already caused and actually creating the future out of the prophetic word you release. Now think about that. That is not a lightweight assignment that he's given you. It is not lightweight, but if he's given it to you, that means he's prepared you to do it. He's not going to give you something that is more than your capacity. He's, he has matured you to the place where instead of doing words that build up, edify, encourage, you're going to do words that activate, that get people pregnant, that, that get people in position of new jobs, of, of, new, of new opportunities, because God has given you the anointing and the authority to release it over them so they can step into what he has for them. You know, sometimes... We give people words, and they're like, I don't think that's for me. And you're like, you don't understand. Well, let me back up. Let me think. I am going to say this, but first of all, when you receive a word, there has to be some level of testing that word, correct? Because that's what the word says, the word. But sometimes you give a word to someone that is beyond their intellectual ability to comprehend but their spirit already knows you can give someone a word and they're like oh that doesn't mean anything to me and I usually say go home pray over it began to talk to the Lord he will unfold it for you because many times he bypasses their mind because their mind is gridlocked their mind is, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. So he has to bypass the word by a prophet activating what their spirit has already been prepared for and their mind will catch up with. Right? Yes. Sometimes you have to bypass the mind. That's the reason we pray in the spirit. 
Because we have to bypass our mind because if we're going to pray in our mind, then we're going to pray laundry list. If we're going to pray in our spirit, then we're going to pray the sovereignty of God down into our life. Right? So, so sometimes we have to, God gave us a mind. It's good. It's good. But sometimes our mind blocks what God is trying to do because it doesn't fit within our configuration. You know, um, I was in business forever, and uh, I still do some business consulting. But when God started calling me out of business, I was like, mm, yeah, I'm sure I heard wrong. And uh, I always say he tricked me into quitting my job. And I did quit my job, but I started a consulting business because I was like, mm, well, I might not work for a company. I loved my job, but I was like, so I quit my job. I started a consulting company. And after about, I don't know, a year, two years, something like that, he said, I want you to quit doing it. And I was like, mm, I don't think that's God. And then I'm getting all these words from people going, I think you're supposed to be ordained. I'm like, I know that's not God. I know that's not God. You know, every time someone said, I think you're supposed to start a church. I think you're supposed to get ordained. I think you're supposed to go to. I'm like, I know none of that is God. And I'm going to do my consulting because that's what I love. And that's what I, I just, I love doing it. But really, it's the same thing. I help people be their best. You know, that's what you do pastoring. So finally, I yielded. I got ordained. I, you know, did all that stuff. And then people started saying, I think you're supposed to start a church. I'm like, absolutely not. Because my mind could not conform to what God had put in a call on my life. So he had to keep giving me words. And even though inside I was feeling like it could be, but I'm just going to pretend like I'm not agreeing. Because it was a vast switch and I will tell you that switch was hard because when you're in business it's business when you're in church it's personal it's personal and I know that sounds weird but um, people in business it's you know we've got a common goal we're moving the business forward. We're, you know, accomplishing, you know, we're financing, blah, blah, blah. In church, we're trying to move people forward that don't want to move. We're trying to get people healed that don't want to get healed. We're trying to get people out of their past and move them into their future that are stuck. And I know that is none of y'all, and it's not me either, but it's them. It's them. <laughs> It's them. It's those people that did not come tonight. You're watching online, I'm telling you right now. But when you think about it, when you are training for something greater than what you're able to do, it's hard. And it's much easier to say, I, it's easy to be a consultant. It's just, I've done it my whole life. I love telling people what to do. And letting them pay me to tell them what to do. That is easy. But trying to bring God down into it and say, you know, you might want to forgive. Never. I'm like, well, you know, the word says, well, it, I have had people say, it does not apply to my situation. I'm like, do you want me to tear that page out? We just... Get your Bible. Let's just go ahead and take that. But you know what it is? It God is moving us to a place that is way beyond. Every day, he says, do you want to go way beyond where you are now? Do you want to impact the future 
tomorrow by being here and doing what I've called you to do today? Do you want to be like an Olympic trainer and train every day, 24 hours a day? God, you woke me up at 3 in the morning. What do you want? Not like, oh, my gosh, why am I not sleeping? You know, right? I mean, think about it. Instead of, instead of saying, God, I'm awake, and if I'm awake, that means there's something that's got to be done, bring it. Bring it. I know I've told this story. I might have told it here before. I, when my guy, son was in college, he was uh, in his heyday. Let me just tell you, we paid for the heyday. Uh, in Boston, no matter. But I would wake up at 2 in the morning. And one time I woke up at 2 in the morning. I called him. I said, where are you? He said, I'm going back to my dorm. I said, good, because God woke me up to call you. He's like, yep, Mom. Now he's a pastor now, but uh, it was a war. It was a war. But you know what? Those wars are fought from the heavenly realm, not the second heaven. If anybody's fighting in the second heaven, they need to get out now. We got That was a thing, I think, back in the 90s, where second heaven war was a big deal, and everybody was getting creamed. Because we were never meant to fight in a demonic realm. We were always meant to fight from heavenly realm. We always fight from a heavenly realm. Whatever we're fighting for, we fight from the position of being seated in Christ, hidden in Christ in the heavenly realm. I don't fight from the earth up. I don't fight from the second heaven. I always war, whether it's for promises, whether it's for future, I always war from the heavenly places. Because... Who's the greatest warrior of all? Jesus. Who am I seated with in Christ? Jesus. And where are we seated? In the heavenly realm. So why would I try to fight from earth, from my flesh and my soul, when I can fight from heaven for, with, in, hidden in Christ? With that heavenly voice coming in, and, and it's just resounding within me. So understand, God is saying, are you part of the army that is on call 24-7? When we went to Israel, the guy who gave us the tour, he was actually a commander, you know, on call in the army. You know that all of Israel, when there is any threat against them, they all have go bags from 20 up, they all have go bags. They, they said, they went in through that war, and I can't remember which one it was. I think it was a seven-day war. They said, it will never happen to us again. And they changed the way they thought. So whenever there's a threat, they all from the prime minister, they all have go bags. And everybody has their role, but they all have go bags. So you have to decide, do I have a go bag? So when I wake up at 3 in the morning, I'm not ticked off. I'm fired up. When, when, when someone gives me a prophetic word, I'm going to take it and I'm going to run with it. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to pray over it. I'm going to declare it because that's going to be another piece of my arsenal because God's called me beyond what I'm able to understand, right? Ezekiel was called beyond what he was able to understand. And God is calling a people who want to train and who want to be on call 24-7. No matter where you go, and I'm going to talk about this tomorrow, you're going to occupy. you got to occupy. you got to occupy your household. you got to occupy your family. 
You have to occupy your territory. God is calling us to occupy. And wherever the enemy has stepped into our area, then we crush him. Because the authority, I mean, the authority has been given. Our territory has been given to us. Like I said, we'll talk about that tomorrow. I'm probably going to go do some prophetic right now. But I want you guys to understand this is not a, uh, it's not going to be easy. You know what we're facing in the schools, what we're facing in the government. But that does not dissuade me. That just ticks me off and creates that warring spirit in me. And I don't war with, come on, devil, bring it. I war with the power of God has been released in me. I take all authority over everything that's coming against me. I declare the word that everywhere my footsteps, I own. That's the way I war. The devil can mock and yell and whatever. He's, he's, he's not my person. God is my person. The word is my weapon. My family is my army. God is my person. The word is my weapon. My family is my army. The body of Christ is my army. Amen? Amen. Whoo! So y'all ready to war? I'll tell you. You know, it makes it much easier when we understand that. That God is my person, the word is my weapon, and you are my army. I'm part, I've, I've got my go bag. And when I know that others have their go bag, I don't even worry about it. We've got a hurricane that's threatening our coast. And we, we have, as a church, as a, as a Florida, Florida, uh, we have taken authority over what it's able to do on our coast. And it's interesting, this sounds weird, but every part of your state, every part of Wisconsin should have apostolic covering on every corner. So that when things happen, it's the apostolic covering that encircles the state in order to stop the demonic. So every state should be able to fend off and defeat what the enemy is trying to do. You just got to have a state that believes. The government doesn't have to believe. The people have to believe. The body has to rise up. Okay. I want to share some words that the Lord has given me. Um, so the first one is, is for Clayton. I have a word for you. Get your phone out. Y'all can get your phones out because I don't know how it is, how easy it is to clip it off of, of, um, uh, of, off of the videos. So I felt like the Lord said that you were, uh, uh, in a respite time right now, that the Lord has, uh, set you in this place in order to reset your thinking. Not that your thinking was wrong. Don't try to read anything into it. Don't, don't try to overthink this, but, um, because God is about to open up the tracks and what I saw were the horse tracks. And, you know, they're all lined up in the little stalls, and then they, you know, let them go, and then they run. And that's what I felt like. The Lord is about to open up the track for you. And as you are let loose out of that track, it's going to be um, a new race. It's going to be the same, but it's going to be different. So where he's taking you is not where you were. It's where he's taking you will be familiar, but it will be very different. So as you go through this new process that you're in right now, it is a 
temporary process of training. And that may sound funny, but I feel like he is training you now because you're going to need that precision in what you're doing now in order to move in to the different that he has for you. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah, it's going to be good. So I am looking for, where's my bass player? Okay, well, I'll give it to him tomorrow then. Uh, and then uh, Austin, I had a word for you. And it really is for both of you, but really, Austin, it's for you. What I saw on you, and I told Pastor Jen this, is that there is a new leadership anointing on you. And what I feel like is you've stepped into a role that you are not comfortable in, but there is a willingness to be like David, to be awkward in, the, in moving from, you know, he, he was awkward in moving from one position to the next. And I feel like it's awkward feeling, but God has um, just this uh, fathering anointing that's going to come over you with this child. And I know we're keeping a secret of what we think it is and all that kind of stuff, but a fathering anointing that's going to come with this, that's going to filter through and come out in everything you do, in worship, in work, in everything you do. There's going to be a fathering anointing that will come out of you, that will bring a maturity to you, and that will elevate you in the position that you're in. I even saw it in worship. I felt like you had, there, you just changed. Yes, yes. And uh, where's Jeff? Oh, yes. I did actually. Now, I, I know that you, you are a great behind-the-scenes person, and I feel like that you've got such wisdom and discernment, but I also feel like there are going to be times where God's going to give you something that you just can't hold in, and you're not going to be up here screaming and jumping up and down. You're the kind of person that it, when you speak, everyone's silent because they know what you're going to say is pivotal, and I feel like you carry that pivotal shift for the Lord that he's going to cause you to be willing and wanting to release it in a corporate environment. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Jeff, happy birthday. <laughs> I know it wouldn't be your first, you know, choice, but, uh, and it won't be an everyday thing, but it will be something. And you'll just know that you know. You will feel it inside of you, and you'll be, you'll be, Jen will look back, and you'll be like, yes. And then you'll come up. So that's good. That's good. Yes. And uh, I know that, is Natalie here? Oh, Natalie. Uh, I was, if you'll stand up. It's better if you can stand up. It's good, because then I can actually see you. So when you were up here and Pastor Jay was praying for you, what I heard was Natalie's emerging voice will be filled with life-giving, life-transforming words for other people. And I feel like that you have a breaker anointing on you that when you speak, it will break off the strongholds off of people. That you are, that you don't think you carry what you carry, but God is showing me that you carry power in your words. You carry power in your compassion. And those two things alone 
are breakers that will transform people. And I even see that there will be people that you're going to encounter that are struggling with suicide and even just barely holding on, barely able to stay literally alive. And you're going to have that word, that healing, that, that whatever it is in order to bring those bones back to life, in order to break that spirit of suicide, in order to crush whatever the demonic has convinced them that they need to do in order to end them their life so i feel like you carry such a powerful gift and that god wants to use it and that you just like jeff you will know you'll begin to sense and you'll begin to feel nervous and you'll begin to look at people and be like but what you'll know is from this word forward you'll know that you're supposed to step in and speak and encourage and break off and it will become a, a stream of ease for you because as you scan you'll be like that one that one needs to be rescued it's almost like human trafficking in your generation the discouragement and the uh, disappointment that they're going through that God has given you the key to unlock and set them free Uh, Layla, where is she? Yes, if you'll stand up for me. So I saw you earlier, and what I saw is that you have such a tenderness toward worship, toward worshiping the Lord, and that there is such a, I feel like God is calling you into the deep, and you don't necessarily know what that means, but you don't have to because when he draws you in, you just respond. It's just a response. So I feel like that you've got, do you play instruments or anything like that? Okay. So uh, now I'm going to say this, and, and you can uh, pray about it, but I feel like you've got the gift to lead people into worship. Now, whether that's through instrument, whether that's through voice, whether that's through prayer, I don't know, but I saw instruments around you. So I feel like the Lord is going to use you to bring your generation into a level of worship that our generation hasn't experienced and that we will be the benefits of what you're going to do. Okay? She's like, I was hoping for a new phone, but, you know, we'll take worship. That's funny, isn't it? But it is interesting. You know that when people walk in what God's called them to do, we all benefit. I benefit. So we want everyone to rise up in what what they're supposed to do. Uh, Let's see. Is Jim the guitar? Was his name Jim the guitar guy? Tim. Tim, where is he? You have to stand up so I can see you. So, Yes. Tim, not Jim. Okay, let me change my notes here so I get it right. Because sometimes after I give words, I'll pray over them and be like, activate them, Lord. So if I'm giving you a word, that means you need to take it and you need to take action from it. Words are not to be sat on. They're They're made to be activated. So, Tim, what I saw with you is that you have something more to say and I've heard you sing I've heard you 
you know, lead the songs up here, but I feel like there's more in you and that you're kind of hanging, you know, in the back, but God is saying, step up to the front. And I don't know if that means in worship or whatever, but I feel like you've got more to say, that there is a lot in you. Do you ever write songs? Okay, so, yeah, a lot of songs, yeah. So I feel like there's more, there's more, there's more. And have you ever thought about doing a worship collective where you get other people around and just worship and share songs and that kind of stuff? I feel like God has given you, huh? For years, okay, see? So I feel like God has given you the anointing to level that up a little bit. It's, it's, no, it's not time to hang back, it's time to step up. And not that you're not. Don't be offended. If I offend any of you, let me just go ahead and say now, Jay made me do it, right? (laughs) But I do feel like you've got more. You've got more. And, you know, one of the things, and I know I've preached that here, one of the things I believe is that we can have long life, just like Moses, where our eyes don't grow dim and our body doesn't lose its vigor. So just been declaring that, you know, I don't know how old you are, but 120 looks good on you. Okay, okay. Somebody sent me a note and said, I just want you to know, Pastor, I don't want to be 120. I'm like, pick your age then. She said 90. 90 is good for me. I'm like, okay, that's good. I don't really care. You be be whatever you want to be. I don't know. But 120 is possible for all of us, okay? And not in a nursing home. Not in a memory care center. Not that we're going to put you out of business, but... I mean, I really believe that, that we declare over them that they will be empty. Well, we have a lot of nursing home and memory cares in Florida, and we just declare all the time. That's part of our declarations when we do our offering, that when we offer, when we do our tithe and offering, we declare that those centers will be empty and be used for kingdom-minded things. <clears throat> okay, I have a couple more. Do we have a little bit more time? Okay. I will let you go. I don't, we don't have to go anywhere until 10 o'clock tomorrow, so, uh, but I will let you go. Okay, where is, uh, I'll, I'll do the transfer of mantles in a minute, but uh, I need uh, all the ones who, I need all the younger people, about 18 and under, 20 and under. I want you guys to come up, just to hurry up. And the ones who think they are, I'm just going to ask you to hold back for a minute. (laughs) Everything's the new something, the new 40, the new 30, the new, you know, I'm sure 10 is the new one or something. I don't know. It's getting crazy. And now y'all come up here because I just want to prophesy over you. Um, I feel like that you guys are, uh yeah, if he can come up, that'd be great. See how good these guys are? I mean, it just amazes me. They're like, we've got it. We're going to take care of it. So um, I asked, I, yeah. Well, I actually asked the Lord to hold back falling in the spirit because I want you to be able to receive. Uh, and I know that sounds weird, but sometimes when you go down, you don't get what's being released. And uh, so I asked him to hold that back. But I know that sounds weird, but, you know, it's okay. You can make fun of me later. She'll make fun of me on Instagram or chit chat or TikTok or, you know, something like the Snapchat, whatever. She's already done the weird head picture of me and posted it online. 
It makes me feel so much better about myself, you know. I told her at least my hair is all puffy, you know. So anyhow, but what I felt like is God has called you guys to be the army. The army of your generation. The army that will change and transform what is happening in the culture so that your children will not experience what you're experiencing. So I feel like you guys are called to hold the line. Each one of you, all of you. Wyatt, June, Liam, all of you. I feel like you guys are called to hold the line. And I feel like each of you carry an anointing to do that. And I'm going to just prophesy over each of you as I go down. I don't know your name. What's your name? Morgan. Morgan. Okay. Uh, But I just want to prophesy over each one of you because I believe that God is calling you to stand up. And you're not necessarily going to be protesters on the wall or you're not necessarily going to be, you know, uh, rebellious in your classes or whatever. What it's going to be is you carry the atmosphere of heaven to change wherever you are. So if you're in your classroom, it the demonic and cultural influences will have to fight through your anointing in order to be activated in your class, activated in your work. So um, can I just ask her, all of y'all believers? Okay, okay. Just wanted to make sure if anybody needs to be saved, we'll get saved first and then we'll do it. <laughs> it's hard to release something you ain't got, right? So I just want to pray and prophesy over you. So Liam, uh, I'm just going to do this real quick. So let me just pray over you guys. So Liam, thank you, Lord, for being a uh, soldier and a scientist. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I feel like you're a, uh, what I keep seeing is you're a football player and you're great at life. You're on the, you're on the defense and you're a great performer. Like we see you around the locker room. And I feel like the two of you carry that anointing of healing people. For what they've been through, you carry the anointing to heal them. So y'all carry that anointing. And Wyatt, thank you for <laughs> So I feel like you are really called to um, dig into the deep secrets of God and bring that revelation to other people. You've got a, you've got a, a, a strong spirit within you that has a hunger to know the deep. that you are no nonsense and you're not going to play that game again. So uh, that God has given you that ability to not say necessarily many words, but the look alone will take care of it. She does. She has the authority of the look. You see that? You know? You're solid. Looks all good. So God has given you just a heart of service. And out of your service will come breakthrough for others. They will see the goodness of the God of the Lord because of your service. Yeah. And justice and leadership for sure will be. So you're gonna bring justice, you're gonna bring leadership, you're gonna bring breakthrough for the people that you encounter, for sure. I feel like that you've got a creative gift that's gonna draw in that creative world 
to see really the beauty and the love of God that they think he doesn't love them. And I feel like you, I saw you earlier yesterday. I feel like you are such an entrepreneur that God is going to show you how to make money. He's going to show you how to be influential, that you've got uh, inventions in your head, that there's all kinds of things stirring in you. You just got to let God partner with you and show you how to bring them out and, and release them. God has uh, wealth for you. He knows that you will steward wealth well. Thank you, Lord. I know you got that word about stealing today, but I feel like um, that what I keep seeing, and I don't know if you want to stop or something, but what I keep seeing is that you have that ability to diagnose, that you're able to look at things and determine what is wrong and what do I do and how do I do it and what's the best outcome for it. So I feel like you've really got a gift to diagnose whatever the situation is. Thank you, Lord. And Morgan, I feel like you've got, uh, are you an athlete? I feel like that the Lord has given you, you know, sometimes people, God will give you territory, like sports. God gives you the territory of other athletic parts to harvest for him because you can speak their language. You, they can understand the same thing that you understand, working out all those different things. But I feel like God has given you an entryway to change their hearts. And I feel like, and this is going to sound weird, what I sense is that God is going to help you get men your age out of pornography and sexual perversion. That he's given you a purity of heart in order to help others to have a purity of heart. Yes, so you guys are the army of God. Amen? Amen. Y'all can sit down now. Yeah, I'm, I'm really about done. Thank you. And then Taylor, I know I gave you a word last time I was here. What did you do with it? Do you remember it? Okay. So uh, I sometimes I ask people, I'll be like, what did you do with it? And they're like, Am I in trouble? But I'm not. I'm just, I'm just teasing you. But I just want to encourage you. And uh, actually, uh, Pastor Jen and I were praying for you as we were, we were either in there or coming here. But that God is going to not only restore and replenish, but he's also going to catapult you. You got to be ready to to move as he catapults you forward. And when you're catapulted, it is not slow. You know they pull you back, and then when it's released, you're thrown forward. So just get ready for the throwing forward of the Lord. And it's going to seem, you know, when you're in the air flying unhinged, you're like going all over the place. But you have to understand that God is doing the movement, so your landing will be safe. Amen. Amen. I think that's about all I have for now. For now. I think I'll have some more in the morning, but that's good. Thank you. Let's give Cindy and the Lord a praise the Lord. Hallelujah.